Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. Two words to me in three years of Bret Hart And welcome back to Hanksy Panksy, a podcast where two dumb idiot best friends fill themselves mind, body, and soul with politically and religiously charged historical footage of a congressional cocaine-loving Tom Hanks. <laughs> I'm Sam Siegel, and I'm one of those dumb idiots. And I'm a man with a thick, wandering accent. I am Luke Patrick. I am the other idiot. Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. This week, we watched 2007's Charlie Wilson's War. How was your watch? Man, pretty damn good. So to paint a picture, I kind of slumped out of a long work week and was feeling pretty Mm -hmm. drained. So I just sort of slapped together some dinner, plopped down on the couch like a slug, and then consumed what I can only describe as a witty repartee of a movie. Uh, This thing delivers on all cylinders for the full hour and 40 minutes, and uh, I kind of loved it. I kind of loved... The experience, yeah. it completely washed away all of the fatigue that I was feeling and just left me feeling sort of refreshed and whiskey-soaked, just like uh, everybody in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm glad that was kind of your experience because it very much mirrors my own. Mm, well, tell um, me about that a little bit. So uh, I had a long work week to the point where I decided, fuck it, I'll take, I'll take today off. And so I did. So I've... Uh, puttered around the house today uh, just kind of doing nothing that was nice and then uh, my wife got home from work she had a pretty crummy day Uh, and then right around the time we were working on dinner I hit a wall Mm. a very thick firm wall and I got very sleepy and I decided I don't want to watch this movie anymore (laughs) I just don't want to Oh, uh, man, I never got to that point. I didn't hit fuck it. You apparently hit fuck it. I'm so sorry, dude. I So I think I think fuck it is too strong a word. It was just like, ugh, I really could just go to sleep. Mm, but I got you. I, ha- I had a nice dinner, and then I did have my first purely solitary watch because Kenna absolutely refused to watch it not because she doesn't like the movie but she was not in the mood for it yeah so so i had my lonely watch but i gotta tell you it turned around in seconds Mm, yeah Uh, just the minute the uh you know the movie started coming up and it says charlie wilson's war in an american flag 
cut out. Mm-hmm. Uh, your your life changed, is what you're telling me. Yeah, that uh, that silhouette fired a stinger rocket into my face, and boy, oh boy, was <laughs> I ready. Uh, so so yeah, I had a great time. Nice. Well, fuck yeah, dude. That's what you want to hear. So glad to hear that it turned around on you. Uh, I will admit that I was hesitant during other times this week, uh, but today was so ready just to fire this thing up. And uh, as you said, I needed that uh, anti-aircraft gun just firing several rounds of, uh, mm-hmm. of pleasant viewing experience straight into my heart, and it did happen. <laughs> 20 solid millimeters of excellent f- movie. Excellent footage. Just real primo shit. Well, fuck yeah, mm-hmm. dude. So, uh, I think this is about the time that we should tweet at Tom. We should defo tweet at Tom this week. I feel like we've got quite, quite a good one in the magazine. Uh, do you want to sort of unload that one on us, Sam? We do. Let me just... Uh, <laughs> hey, Tom Hanks, you don't have to allocate hundreds of millions of dollars and start a covert war to be on our podcast. You can do it for free. Hashtag mission accomplished. Mm, yes see i keep thinking that every time we do this this is the one that he'll engage with but sam i kind of think this is the one he'll engage with i think it is and let's find out (laughs) it's fired off (laughs) at no cost to us or the taxpayers bless you internet precisely uh so luke uh can you get us a plot Ooh, I can, but it's going to cost you $35 million, and we're going to have to ferry it uh, through some mountains on some mules. Uh, But I'm pretty sure I can. So essentially, if you haven't seen this movie, uh, which, you know, for those of you who haven't, I guess that's why I do plots. uh, (laughs) Just sort of having a bit of ennui there for a second. Sorry, uh, let me snap out of it. Okay. Charlie Willie's War is about Congressman Charlie Wilson. Wilson? Willie. Wilson. Wilson. Charlie Wilson from Texas's second congressional district. Yes, yes, yes. Charlie Wilson. So in the beginning of the movie, uh, Sam, I'm going to have a hard time figuring out where this thing began, but it did begin with a congressman who's on a subcommittee that has to do with appropriating funds, and he catches wind of this, uh, of the Afghani war against the Soviets, and mm-hmm. that's kind of all of Act One is him becoming acquainted with the situation and visiting and then discovering that he actually does, in fact, care about this conflict. Uh, Act Two is him garnering support for it, figuring out exactly what they need, figuring out what kind of armaments they need. He goes all over the goddamn place. We're talking well, Israel. Does. We're talking Pakistan. We're talking Afghanistan. Uh, we're talking Houston, Texas, baby. Oh, um, yeah. And throughout all of these trips, he's, he's essentially garnering support for creating more appropriations for this effort to arm the local Afghans uh, and get them fighting, fighting them Soviets. Uh, and then in the third act, they are successful. They do procure the funds. It goes from a $5 million appropriation to a $1 billion appropriation. If I, if I may correct you. Mm-hmm. It's actually a $500 million appropriation. It's just that the Saudi government was also matching every amount of uh, every dollar that we were committing to it, and so it became a total $1 billion 
sure. uh, commitment, but it was only $500 million from us, the U.S. taxpayers. So, yeah. folks, don't get mad about a billion-dollar appropriation here. Just $500 million Just 500. going to a covert war. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. It's so important to know where your taxpayer dollars are going. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, that was a good call out, Sam. Just 500 million, folks. That's all. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then they sort of uh, they arm everybody. And then at the end, when Tom is trying to gain support for the uh, reconstruction efforts after the Soviets pull out, he finds a wall and is unable to procure additional funding to like rebuild a single a single appropriation for a million dollars to rebuild schools. He gets no traction on. Uh, which is sort of the the lingering story of that region yep. of the effort. Uh, but uh, Sam, the most important detail about this movie is that it begins with a naked Tom Hanks in Las Vegas at a party with some people trying to pitch a flick to him, which I kind of feel like is us yeah. <laughs> in, in the right scenario. Yeah. We might very well be naked in a hot tub with Tom Hanks trying to pitch a movie idea to him. Luke, we should be so lucky mm-hmm. to... To find ourselves just stark naked in some human soup with Tom Hanks pitching him Sleepless in Seattle too. <laughs> yeah. So I did leave that out, but it is an extremely crucial part of the plot. Uh, and then the rest, I mean, I don't know, because all throughout of this, throughout this movie, I mean, we're going places, people are talking, there's some really nice repartee between the characters uh, there's some other minor characters I didn't mention, but that's kind of the gist. So, Sam, sorry for the, uh, you know, sort of skinny plot there, but this this movie oh, really does beat ass. It really does. And again, at a cool 103 minutes, mm-hmm. what the fuck are you doing if you haven't seen it? Like, pa- pause the podcast now and go watch Charlie Willie's War. It's on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's so fucking good, and it really breezes by because. It's just captivating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a real Aaron Sorkin, uh, you know, classic. If you dug the West Wing, you're going to love this. Same kind of vibe. We're talking politics. We're talking drinking by the glass. We're talking uh, war efforts. We're traveling. There's people mm-hmm. doing stuff, people smoking. I mean, it's just the whole, the whole thing from our pal Aaron Sorkin. And I think, Luke, most importantly, we're talking... Tom's ass! (laughs) Or a body doubles. Or a body doubles ass. Somebody's ass. Nope. Nope. That's Tom's. Luke, (laughs) I need to believe that that's Tom's actual ass. Yeah. And I gotta tell you, not bad. Not bad. It was not a bad ass. Whether or not it was Tom's, which for the purposes of science in this podcast, we'll just just decide that it was in fact Tom's real ass. Uh, Yeah. This is why it's crucial to the plot, because in that initial scene, they're naked in a hot tub. Tom does get out of said hot tub and is, in fact, naked. And we do get a full window view of that delicious moon. And uh, Oh, yeah. I'm with you, Sam. It's, uh, it's definitely not disappointing. No, it isn't. I mean, I'll say the disappointment that I did have was that we didn't get to see his big old pecker. Um, yeah. I was really hoping, even though I've seen this movie like three or four times, I really did think maybe this time I would get to see uh, him hang dong. But no, uh, yeah. he abjectly refuses every time I watch the movie. Man, I completely forgot that you've seen this movie several times and you didn't you didn't warn me that there was going to be a, an ass watch, an ass watch of one 
Uh, well, actually, there's there's several other asses on display oh, yeah, in this there's, film. There's some ass in this movie. Yeah, but um, you, you didn't once tell me that there was going to be Tom ass in this flick. I actually didn't remember that the movie starts out in a naked hot tub party complete with blow. Mm, yeah. I mean, it doesn't fit the rest of the film. Just it doesn't. Per se. So that seems it sets, fair. It sets a tone that the movie never returns to. Mm-hmm. It is gripping. It does pull you straight into whatever's happening. Oh, uh, it is. Um, I mean, we look... We've teased. Uh, we've we've sort of uh, sort of brushed up. We've we've uh, given some of those uh, butterfly kisses at this point. Luke, what's your review of the movie? Sam, this movie is drumroll, pretty damn good. Fucking a. Pretty damn good. For once, I have basically no quibbles uh other than there's some lingering misogyny that's sort of in this film uh, sure 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 sure. you know it's uh it, it wasn't that long ago it was 2007 i'd like to say it was a different era it wasn't really no. <laughs> it was not that long ago uh we were both functioning semi-adults at the time um yeah but uh you know what I laughed a lot at this movie. There were several instances where it got a good deep belly laugh from me. The dialogue is witty. The casting is is spectacular. Um, With one exception that I do want to talk about here in a second. Ooh, okay. Um, Yeah, overall, this movie is pretty good. But what do you think of it, Sam? Luke, I'm going to take it a step further, and I'm going to say this movie is fucking phenomenal Mm, god yes you love that passion you're in the ring with some serious passion throwing left hooks all over the place i love it i would even say if this is not my favorite tom hanks movie oh it is easily in the top three Mm. well we've got the time today let's fucking bust it down dude what is your favorite Tom Hanks movie? If it's not this one, what even is contending? I can tell you what I'm thinking, but I'm real curious to hear what, what your thoughts are. I Honestly, I think it's this or The Burbs. Yes, 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 yes. I was going to say The Burbs. Yeah. Uh, both is, it's totally different movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, completely different. But there are some similarities, and I will say they are both very economical with runtime and they do not waste a fucking second. Mm-hmm. Two things uh, that we very much look for in movies now, having mm-hmm. done quite a lot of very, very long <laughs> movies. Looking at you, lady killers. Uh, go mm-hmm. back to your corner. Get back in the closet, lady killers. Nobody <laughs> let you out. Yeah, Green Mile. Oh, get back, my God. Get back in the fucking oubliette, Green Mile. Who lets you out? <laughs> Well, I'm glad that we're on the same page because I swear to God, I was going to say, if you put a gun to my head and said, you have to watch a Tom Hanks film, which one is it? The first one I was going to go for is The Burbs every time. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like, so if I had to rewatch any movie, gun to my head, um, I, I am going to pick The Burbs because I feel like Charlie Willie's War, you watch it time after time after time, it's the same movie. Yeah. But the Burbs, I feel like every watch you're gonna find something new. Yes. It just keeps it just keeps blossoming. It never stops. It's just always continuously unfolding oh, yeah. itself right before your eyes. 
Now, uh, if I had to pick a favorite, that's like picking a favorite child. I mm, can't. You can totally pick a favorite kid. Are you kidding me? There's got to be one uh, kid that you're like, yeah, that's the one, though. That's going to be the real. That's the that's the ticket. That's the move. I don't I don't know on this one. <laughs> I love them both in, in their each special, unique way. Yeah, they're, they're my they're my Tom Hanks babies. Yeah, that's completely fair. They're also very, very different films. Uh, but all of that to say, it sounds like we're on the exact same page that uh, Charlie Willie's War is a damn good time out. Oh, yeah. Uh, strongly recommend. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. If you haven't seen it, it's on Amazon Prime. We didn't have to pay nothing for this baby. No. And that may have made it even better. Mm-hmm. I would have paid money for this, I will say. But, you know, saving three bucks, spending, in, sure. spending a cool hour and 40 minutes on this be- on this puppy. Yeah. Yep. In fact, actually, if memory serves, isn't the burbs on, like, stars? Yes. That, yes. That may... Mm. It being on stars may edge it out of first. Yeah, that's a fair point. You have to go to a <laughs> lot of effort to locate the burbs. So fucking age of streaming, man, knocking the burbs, a cult classic and one of our favorite flicks out of the running completely. Oh, (laughs) man, that's fair. If it was on any other surface, I don't I don't know. But Luke, uh, I do want to touch on one thing you mentioned, which is that the the movie is like genuinely funny. Mm -hmm. Uh, And again, like you would think the content of the United States funding a covert war against the Soviets in Afghanistan would not exactly be a laugh factory, but it (laughs) fucking is. There are so many moments in this movie that are just fucking funny. Yes. Every time Philip Seymour Hoffman opens his mouth, I'm prepared to laugh. Yes. Everything he says is comedy gold. Oh, it's so fucking good. Shit. The person he plays, the real person he plays, Gust Avracados, which is the greatest name ever in mm-hmm. human history, uh, is fucking spectacular. There's the scene where he calls, tells his boss to go fuck himself mm-hmm. and then breaks a window a second time. <laughs> uh, there's where he goes to uh, Tom's office and introduces himself no fewer than three times mm-hmm. and then it fully admits to bugging his office and then yes. it's just like come on we're the cia don't be ridiculous yeah um it's just so good Mm-hmm. yeah i loved his character and i think the casting was just out of this world on that on that end of things mm-hmm. so so into seeing philip seymour hoffman on a screen oh, yes uh Man, just holy shit, what a what a knockout role for him. Fuck, it was good. And and let's talk about the cast, because we've got Tom Hanks, we've got Philip Seymour Hoffman, we've got Julia Roberts, we've got Amy Adams, and we have Emily Blunt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Emily Blunt, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> in Emily the building. Emily Blunt, ladies and gentlemen. It, uh, is her role good? No, it's pretty sexist and, like, she just wears some underwear and it's mm-hmm. pretty uncomfortable for a bit. Yeah. But she's here. Mm-hmm. She's in the building, Yay. which is what we advertised. Hey, Sam, I do have a question for you. Uh-huh. Now, I'm glad that we got to watch this film as part of this project, but is Tom Hanks the right person to cast in this role? So 
I have to tell you. Mm-hmm. Yes. What? I really? Th- I really think so. Whoa. Okay. You're gonna have to. Cause here's here. I'll let me break down why I'm not into this. Okay. Yeah. So this movie pits uh, Charlie Willie as a very very sex positive human being, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Uh, just a real lascivious sort of serpenty dude, and mm. uh, it draws to my mind some more of a Matt McConaughey type, and not so much uh, the sexless wonder that is Tom Hanks that we've seen sort of blunder his way through sexual encounters uh <laughs> you know pretty much continuously throughout his career um it just didn't fit for me now everything about being a congressman that part i can see and that works great but mm-hmm. it's this like hard party and texan dude the sort of lbj without limits i don't know man Okay, so I do see your point on this because yeah. I would say this is the only part of Tom's performance that does not necessarily jive with everything else because the rest of it is this like likable guy who can kind of make deals with anyone and mm-hmm. like can kind of grasp hard concepts. That all tracks. Everyone loves Tom Hanks. Um, here's here's where I will I will push back against you. Oh please, push all the way, my friend. We never see Tom having sex. Um, it's only hinted at. Mm-hmm. It's implied his performance isn't excellent. And then in the two most intimate scenes in the movie, which would be the nude hot tub at the beginning where he is more interested in, in Dan Rather wearing a <laughs> turban. <laughs> yeah. And then later with Emily Blunt where he is actively sort of rubbing around and in her belly button and mm-hmm. i hate it that does not speak <laughs> to a sexual prowess luke that's true so what you're saying is that this man has a reputation as a sort of lothario uh mm-hmm. but is in fact a belly button probing idiot yeah. <laughs> who is not only incompetent but is shall we say like uh like dangerously ignorant yeah i would say that uh, Tom Hanks's Charlie Willie, uh, can talk the talk, but he cannot finger the finger. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm into this, and maybe that's how Tom is playing it. Maybe that's you know what I'm really seeing yeah. here. You've you've really turned this around for me. I think this makes a lot more sense. Uh, the belly Good. button part is is really what's getting to me. I it mean, it's, was horrific. Yeah. Just sort of lazily rubbing a young Emily Blunt's belly button while he's on the phone with Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just, what what was it supposed to do? God only knows. Who, God who only knows. Who was that for? Yeah. I don't know, man. Beats the shit out of me. Well, you've turned it around for me. I can now see Tom as being uh, well cast in this flick. And you know what? I did have a wonderful time. So I guess to the casting Good. director, job well done. And as you said, everybody loves Tom Hanks. So that's a pretty yeah. easy role for the rest of it. You know, it is. And here's the other thing. I think this is maybe the best Tom has looked. Mm, yeah. Hey, we're at a really good spot on the Tom Hanks gradient right now. Oh, yeah. 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 It's it's kind of peak Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. He looks fucking phenomenal. Yeah. But... 
Luke, I would really like to talk about, I think, the most important thing in this movie. Mm-hmm. As my cats fight on brown paper in the recording studio, which I'm sure is getting picked up as just excellent audio. Oh, yeah. Um, well, this is audio poison, so let's move on <laughs> to uh, so, this, this most important part of the film. Yes. A lot of people would think, oh, it's the sort of covert, the the most expensive and largest covert war in human history. Yeah. Uh, that, that we put $500 million into. No, that's incorrect. Luke, uh, the most important part of this movie is the Nagadocious Township Firehouse Nativity scene. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, a brilliant little diversion from uh, Act 1 when uh, somebody... Who the fuck even is it? Is it a person from his uh, district? Some guy who I think owns a Dairy Queen in Nagadocious Township. Oh, yeah. Comes in complaining <laughs> about the location of a crash and how the ACLU has fucking sued the pants off of him for putting yeah. a crash on public lands. Uh, yeah, dude, this is the real meat and potatoes of this movie. Yeah. Uncomfortably, it's uh, Emily Blunt's dad... Uh, character wise in the movie so uh, you know that's kind of horrible to think about but really we're we're focused on the nativity scene which you and tom and multiple people referred to as a crash as a crash yeah what in the absolute fuck is that it is it's a nativity scene my friend i don't know what else to tell you on that one uh it sounds like a soft drink something you would get at taco bell and that you would probably mix everclear with but uh it is in fact a nativity scene because I've never heard this term before outside of this movie, which, again, I've seen multiple times. Mm-hmm. And the first time I heard it, I heard Koresh. And I hmm. was like, David Koresh? Uh, <laughs> he won't leave. He's just hanging yeah. out here. David Koresh is just here. <laughs> He's here in Nagadocious <laughs> Township hanging out in front of the firehouse. Uh, but uh, is that a common term? I've heard it before. I wouldn't say that it's terribly common. In fact, I may be pulling it out uh, just to have a bit of airs, if, if, if I may say so. Hey, your cats are going fucking ham over there. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you can't see it because it's kind of genuinely entertaining. <laughs> Though it is making me regret ever putting this brown paper in the recording studio yeah. which is certainly a mistake speaking about uh mistakes wrought by the the u.s government and uh, american citizens you know this one's this one's up there i would i would say so so here's the thing why do they have to have the crash on the nagadocious township firehouse grounds because that's fucking tradition man that's where it's always been Oh, fuck off. It's <laughs> Come on, look, it's Nagadocious Township. We all know they've got plenty of churches, plenty of other places they could put it, but no, it's the... F- it doesn't even make sense at a firehouse, Luke. Yeah, I mean, other than I guess it's a birth and it's in a, a barn, I want to say. So having maybe some, some first responders on hand is, is advantageous. Yeah, I, sh- sure. I will grant you that, Luke, that if if the baby Jesus was born in a barn today, sure, there would be some firefighters present uh, <laughs> to kind of he- help that along, but there were no firefighters back then. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
I don't know, man, but I, I love this idea that you've posited that regardless of what's happening in Afghanistan, fuck all of that. That is completely unimportant. No, the, the real it's a it's a side plot. Yeah, it's a total smokescreen for the real meat and potatoes of this movie, <laughs> which is what's going to happen with this dude that owns a Dairy Queen in Nagadosha <laughs> Township uh, down exactly. in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> in Texas's second congressional district, the fighting second. The fighting second, man. I tell you, we've raised it from uh, the legal defense fund against the dirty ACLU. We've raised it from five million to five hundred million, and the Saudis are matching every single dollar that we put into this bucket. Oh, this guy from Dairy Queen has just every resource at his disposal now. Yep, he's it, look. He's going to beat the ACLU on this one because he just wants Tom Hanks to just tell the judge how to handle it because yeah. he appointed him. Yeah. Because that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a nice little scene. I will say that was one of my gut laughs because uh, they're sitting in his office and Tom <laughs> slaps his boots, like slaps them onto the table in front of him. And then there's like a nice comedic beat and then the other guy does the exact same thing. With his cowboy boots, and it was just, oh, chef's kiss. Just such a small little hilarious detail. Oh, the meeting of the boots. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. Uh, Do you have any quick thoughts? I actually don't have a ton other than, Sam, I don't even want to do it, but we're going to do it. Let's talk about Tom's accent again. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's not great. It's, it's not great. Like, I would say 68% of the time you're just getting Tom Hanks. See, that's my <laughs> thing. You've pointed it out, and now I hear it. Sometimes it's just Tom, and then it's almost like he catches himself mid-line, and he reverts course like the boat just takes a hard right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it'll just be like, look, we need to have $500 million dollars. <laughs> to fund the Af- the Mujahideen, what? Yeah, it's just the same thing over and over. I don't get why people keep making this man do accents. So, here's what I think. I at this point, this is my my actual belief. Mm-hmm. I I think Tom never figured out how to consistently do an accent. Mm-hmm. But yeah. by the time that he was doing movies where he really had to do an accent he was so big not that he was an asshole about it but that Mm. everyone was too scared to tell him that his accents are terrible (laughs) and so everyone's like well i mean it's tom fucking hanks do you want to tell tom hanks he can't do an accent to save his life yeah everyone goes no i really don't and so so you're in a situation where the guy can't do it and yeah. no one will teach him to do it because no one will tell him that it's wrong. And I kind of like to think that he knows it's wrong and he kind of keeps doing it worse because he's just, it's a cry for help. <laughs> he's like, please, someone tell me I'm doing a bad job and get me a teacher for this. Yeah. But everyone's like, well, it's Tom Hanks. I mean, like, yeah. we can't even get our intern to do this. So what you're saying is that he goes home to Rita Wilson. And he's like, I did it again, sweetie. And she's like, what? And he's like, I just bombed the accent. All day I'm up there bombing the accent and nobody said anything. What do I have to do? Do I have to hang a sign? That, that <laughs> I mean, What do I have to do for these exactly. people? 
Yeah, he goes home and he tells Rita and Chet and and Colin and the other ones. Uh, he says, he says, look, I'm I'm over here playing Charlie Willie uh, from Texas's Fight in Second, mm-hmm. and at, at mid sentence, I'm I'm going deep south, and then going right back to Old Tom, and no one will say anything. Why won't they tell me? Yeah, I believe this. This. Out of all of your conspiracy corners, Sam, this one I think is not even a conspiracy. I think this is just fact. And I yeah. hate I hate that we're talking about his accent again. Because as hilarious as it is, Lawrence Bourne the third was probably one of the more convincing accents that this man has ever done. Because it was it consistent. Really is. <laughs> yeah. It, the the man nailed the accent early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then apparently he forgot how to do them. Uh, back in volunteers for those that uh, want to dive into the the hanksy panksy bucket and go trudge out Lawrence Bourne the third. Lawrence Bourne, oh Murphy, please. Oh, Do daddy. fetch the Coca Cola from the refrigerator. <laughs> anyway, that's my only quick thought, and it wasn't so much a quick thought. Sam, do you have any quick thoughts on this movie? I do, and they both have to do with Philip Seymour Hoffman's Gustav Rakatos. Oh, such a good uh, name. Every time you say it, it just makes me so happy. Oh, it's fucking good. Uh, first, he's never sick at sea. Yeah, hey, that's a skill to have. I don't have that. Yeah. I get sick on land. Yeah, you you get sick digitally. Yeah, with very little provocation. I could spin around in my chair right now just once, and I'd be a little woozy. Oh, I... I I don't even think you could make it 360 degrees. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> no. Actually, how many degrees do you think it would take for you to start getting woozy? I'm thinking about 270, and then I'm already committed to the rest of it. Uh, so we're just adding additional nausea onto the 270 degrees of nausea that I've already built up. I'll be honest, I was actually going to think maybe around 180. Like if you, mm. I think if you do a fast one eighty, that you're <laughs> you're in six city. Yeah, pretty pretty solidly. So that is the thing that Gust has on me. Um, yeah, yeah, well spotted. He did list that uh, basically on his CV. It's one of the things that's great mm-hmm. about him. Yeah, he knows Finnish, uh, and mm-hmm. he doesn't get sick at sea. He should go to Helsinki, but no, the job was taken from him. A true fact, and as is uh, that he told his boss to go fuck himself twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and broke a window, which is just... The man, the that is peak. broken window. The broken window I did not see corroborated. But oh, I, okay. I would believe, given the accuracy of the, the two fuck-offs, that he probably did break that window. Yeah. We'd uh, like to believe. Uh, oh, yeah. It was so good. Um... Other sort of quick thought I had was that he does mention a witch in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. who he paid to do a curse on his boss. Yes. Well, there were two different curses offered. There was like a personal curse, which and was quick and easy. Curse. Uh, no, no, there was a professional nope. curse. Yeah. So there's a health curse and a professional curse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one the is quick. Curse Health curse is quick. Professional curse, that takes some time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is just such a... I mean, I don't know how these things work, but I love the detail on the services list there. Yeah. 
And why Pennsylvania? I mean, that's where all the best witches are. Don't you know this, Sam? If you gotta, if you gotta curse somebody, you gotta leave Jersey and you gotta go straight into Pennsylvania. See, I gotta tell you, I would figure somewhere a little more rural. You know, mm, like a West Virginia or maybe uh, somewhere sort of. Yeah, West Virginia is pretty good. That's approximate to D.C. Yeah, or like a like a swamp witch. Mm, yeah, one of the Maryland swamp witches. Well, uh, again, kind of thinking further south, like a Louisiana swamp witch. Oh, well, you got to be, you know, this is the 80s. Uh, they had planes. What am I talking about? You could easily fly to Louisiana. Yeah. Get that Luke, taken care of. He goes to Pakistan like four <laughs> times. And yeah. you're going to sit here and tell me, nah, they can't get to Louisiana. That's fair. You could totally get on down New Orleans way, <laughs> get you a swamp witch. Yeah, that's fair. Or like, uh, as I recently learned, apparently vast swaths of Wisconsin are uninhabited. I mm. bet there's some witches there. Yeah. I bet there's witches all over the place. That's what I'm really thinking here, Sam. Now, whether or not they're going to charge you $80 for their services, I think now that's probably going to vary from witch to witch. Do you think it, it... Do you think the price does sort of differ by services rendered, like, like based on the complexity of the curse? Oh, yeah. And then I think after a tip, too, you're really looking more at like 120 because I think you got to tip probably 50% on this bad boy. Uh, you think you tip witches 50%? Yeah, I think you got to. I mean, they're out here like sacrificing chickens and, uh, you know, augering chicken entrails. I think True. for sure 50%. It's like moving, right? Like you got to pay them for the dirty work of hauling all your shit everywhere. I think, yeah, 100% you got to tip a witch. You know, you, you, you make a good point because the other thing, is if you tip, you tip like ten five percent, you're getting a curse coming your way. <laughs> yeah, you can't give them a sly dollar and be like, "All <laughs> yeah. right, we're chill, right?" <laughs> <laughs> well, here's here's the money you needed to to make my boss uh, lose his job, um, and also here's. Here's a Mr. Lincoln for your trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, Here's a cool TCBY coupon that's expired because they don't exist anymore. And then three weeks later, you've got an arm coming out of your asshole. Yeah. Oh, uh, 100%. You gotta, why didn't I tip the witch more? Yeah, you get what you pay for. And in this case, what you're paying for is lack of arm out of your own asshole. <laughs> exactly. Uh, do you think... Do you think there are other curses that are more complicated than a professional curse, or do you think that's as tough as it gets? I think a professional curse is probably about the peak because, I mean, there's so many different ways to fuck that pig, Sam. I mean, what if, are we talking just like coffee spill in the break room, or are we talking like deleted everything off of a hard drive and or embezzled mm. from the company? You know what I mean? Like, there's so many different angles on this thing. True. And there are only so many ways to ruin a person's health. Yeah, I mean, you get them dead, they're just dead. Yeah. Uh, now, financially yeah. scrubbed. Now, that's a, or a sorry, uh, professionally scrubbed. Or financially, yeah. maybe both. Yeah, I mean, you make a good point. Like, did he forget donuts on Friday, or did he rub a magnet on the server? Yeah, or did he masturbate during a Zoom call, you know? I mean, there's different levels of disgrace here and how badly we want to scorch earth this man. Now, hold on just one second. Mm-hmm. Luke, 
Are you suggesting that Jeffrey Tubin was the subject of a, a <laughs> Pennsylvanian witch's curse? It was a long, long, long <laughs> curse, but eventually it did get there. And boy, howdy, did it really land once it did. <laughs> uh, well, um, let me try to get out of this. Uh, real quick, mm-hmm. um, I would like to talk about Tom's tub nipples. Tub nipples. Yeah. Tub uh, tub nipples. He uh he is implied to have had sex with Julia Roberts, mm-hmm. and then he's in the bathtub mm-hmm. at her house, ostensibly still during the party that she's holding. Oh yeah, which is such uh, a baller move, just to run off to have sex during your own party. Man, Isn't that's it? cool. And uh, and his nipples are pretty prominent in the in the sort of framing. Okay. And and and, and? well, we <laughs> Luke, if you look way way back, we've seen a lot of Tom's nipples. Have we? Now I'm trying to remember times when Tom was sort of topless, and I'm coming up a little bit short, if I'm honest. Well, there is Castaway, Ooh, but then Castaway, there's also yeah. the two times that we saw his charred nipples. Ooh, hey, I guess that's what's thrown me. They're just intact this time. Yeah, yeah, they're not blackened, mm-hmm. uh, like a fine piece of Cajun chicken. Yeah. Um, no, they're they're just wet. Yeah. Yep. I just I what what's with it's pissing and nipples with Tom. <laughs> It's all pissing nipples with you, Mr. <laughs> Hanks. You're all pissing nipples. Uh, so I I just wanted to see if you had clocked that too, but now that you now that you haven't, I do I do feel pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, I would like to play with you in the nipple space, but it's just a man in a bath having a great relaxing time. So, uh it's kind of struggling to you know, really play in this in this nipple space, if I'm honest. Yeah. Well, on that note, uh, Luke, uh, I recently had uh, $500 million allocated to, to my bank account by Ooh. the U.S. government to fund a covert war that I'm doing. Um, would you like to come with me to the Hanks Bank to get that? Oh, yeah. Let's head on over. Let's go. Luke. I need you to lo- use a loophole to get Congress to blindly approve hundreds of millions of dollars for a covert, covert war. It's time to come with me to the conspiracy corner. Ah, uh, so fucking excited for what I think is going to happen in today's conspiracy corner. Because, Sam, it is, if I may say so, it is on the walls with this one. It is all over the place. You would think so, mm. Luke. You would think so, but uh, I don't think you fully understand because yes obviously <laughs> we have Tom Hanks as Charlie Wilson who is Robert Langdon who is everyone else that he's ever played yeah um, carrying out a covert war in Afghanistan against the Soviets mm-hmm. sure yeah I mean that's something isn't it but Luke it's it's a lot more interesting than that because Part of how they do this 
is by funneling the weapons from Israel to Pakistan mm-hmm. and then to Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was quite an ordeal, sort of orchestrating all of that. Mm-hmm. And Tom, at one point in this movie, says, I know an arms dealer in Israel. Mm-hmm. At which point, I kind of thought, now that seems uh-huh. like Sam's territory. Oh, yes. And it is heavily hinted that this arms dealer is part of Mossad. Mm-hmm. I do believe that Gustav Ricados does say at one point that he's Mossad. Yes. Uh, oh, explicitly. Arms yeah, yeah. Yes. So, so clearly this is an old co-worker uh, of Tom's back back in his kind of earlier, more Mossad-heavy days. Mm-hmm. But here is the thing, Luke. Where did he meet this first arms dealer, Zvi? Because this is 1980, mm-hmm. and and these folks are easily in their 50s. I would yeah, say. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now you're uh, breaking you're breaking my brain a little bit. So how does this work out? Oh, it's just that they first met up when Tom was just a little known. A pilot named David Bradford in Holy. 1942 operating out of Israel. That's right. It's another fucking connection to every time we say goodbye. Holy shit. The nugget that just keeps on giving, though it did not give <laughs> the first time we watched it. Man, the yes. connections that spin off of this thing like spider webs. I have squeezed more blood from this rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, ever since we first discovered it than anything else because, Luke, the connections are distressingly frequent. Mm, well, lay some more on me, man, because this is quite a connection to uh, <laughs> every time we say goodbye uh, from back in uh, episode, I don't remember what, seven, eight? Who, uh, who gives a fuck? Uh, mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Uh, There's not a whole lot more here because this is a relatively small part of the conspiracy this week. It's just that we've got Tom Hanks uh, playing Congressman Charlie Wilson, which, I mean, there's a lot to talk about with uh, Mossad operative Tom Hanks being in Congress. Mm -hmm. Sort of infiltrated, Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, he has infiltrated some of the highest levels of our government. Um, working with his former compatriot back in his 1942 days. Uh, so that's that's definitely something. But Luke, that's not actually the big nugget this week. Ooh. Because there's, okay. there's well, something primed and far ready. bigger happening. There's mm-hmm. a lot of religion in this movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of religion. Julia Roberts uh, it plays an ultra right-wing very religious uh, Houstonian. Um, there's a lot of talk about God's will. There's a lot of talk about being elected by Jews. There's mm-hmm. uh, a lot of you know concern about Muslims. Uh, and and Luke. Here's the thing. Oh God. We know that, we know that Tom Hanks is an agent of God. Mm-hmm. And we know. Then he was given in vulnerability to protect God's will on this planet. Is he not? Mm-hmm. Yep, this is all canon as we have established it. 
And what is the centerpiece of this movie but a, a nation state, the Soviet Socialist Republic, that has no religion, invading Ooh. a majority Muslim country. This is Tom protecting God's people from the godless Soviets led by <laughs> Leonid Brezhnev, who, in the 1980s, uh, launched this attack because, Luke, Leonid Brezhnev was possessed by Atar. Holy shit. I did not see this coming. You have completely hooked me. What? Yes. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yes. Now, again, this is really... This predates uh, Castaway. So it is not Leonid Brezhnev is uh, Atar. Yes, yes, yes. But he has yes. been uh, contacted by. He, uh, it's Atar pulling his little puppet strings. Mm, um, yeah. And, and directing these, these military activities. Mm-hmm. And this is God, uh, uh, God directing Tom Hanks to protect the Afghani people, drive back the ATAR-led Soviets to, to further screw up ATAR's plans and, and to keep ATAR at bay. Mm. Now, we know ultimately ATAR does make it to this plane of existence where he yes. does wreak s- some level of havoc. But this is also presented, Luke, as something of a holy war. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, it's almost like the inverse of a holy war, uh, the way you're pitching mm-hmm. it, in that it's sort of like protecting the holy lands versus, uh, you know, attacking them like a crusade. And do you know who would want to protect the holy land, Luke? That would be a poor fellow soldier of Christ, would it not? A knight oh, templar? Jesus Christ, it would. I forgot about the knight templar piece. Holy yeah. shit, Sam. So this is Tom Hanks as a Knight Templar fight against the godless fucking Soviets led by Leonid Brezhnev, who is under the influence of Atar. And this is God's holy war against Atar happening in 1980s Afghanistan. Through the Cold War, through a standoff between two massive nation states and uh, some intermediary countries. Fucking shit, Sam. Oh, and Luke, it goes Deeper. Oh my god, I don't know that I can handle deeper, but I'm so ready for it. So, we do see early on in this movie, just as Tom is sort of starting to dip his toes in these Afghani waters, that uh, he comes under investigation uh, for doing cocaine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what, how could he possibly be coming under attack at home? Well, mm-hmm. it... Luke, it would be none other than young uh, Justice Department attorney Rudolph Giuliani. Oh, shit. Fucking Rudy Giuliani. I forgot they name drop him explicitly as the guy yes. investigating him. Mm-hmm. And do you know why Rudy Giuliani is doing this? No, not even a bit. But I have a feeling you're going to tell me and it's going to blow my goddamn gourd. Because in ni- starting in 1980, if not before, and continuing through today, Rudy Giuliani is an agent of ATAR. Oh my god, this makes so much sense. 
Like on a lot yes. of levels, this makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Like Ricky Butler before him, Rudy Giuliani is a servant of Atar. <laughs> just here to sow chaos and to mm-hmm. bring forth Atar into our own plane. Yeah, dude. Yes, 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 yes. And and to to sort of uh kind of bolster that, uh, you know, we don't see Rudy Giuliani in this movie, but we've seen a lot of Rudy, Rudy Giuliani recently in mm-hmm. modern history. Mm-hmm. And uh during a recent semi-recent press conference, uh Rudy Giuliani was seen leaking a black fluid. And Luke that was nothing other than the black ichor that flows through his veins due to his connection with the demon prince Atar. So not hair dye, as we all suspected, but in fact, no. uh, the black plasma that runs through his veins. Mm-hmm. Mm, and, yes. and it only became such once Atar was summoned to this plane, strengthening his connection to Atar, mm. making him considerably more evil, if you noticed, starting mm-hmm. around the time that... Uh, Castaway happened. Rudy Giuliani really went off his fucking rocker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. This makes so much sense that once brought uh, closer into contact with his demon lord, uh, things mm-hmm. really kind of took a turn for uh, old cousin fucker Rudy Giuliani, huh? Yeah. Yes, exactly. And look, I'm not here to say that. Rudy Giuliani fucked his fucked and married his cousin because of his connections to Atar, but I'm not saying he didn't. Yeah, I mean the proof is out there. We'll let the the public decide for themselves. But Sam, you have blown this thing wide open with this holy war angle, and uh, I gotta say, I, th- I feel like the facts all line up behind you on this one. Yep, uh, and and uh, we've we've got, I mean, a modern day servant of Atar. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to destabilize our nation uh, because it's the nation that supports agent of God Tom Hanks. This makes so. a distressing amount of sense, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is perfectly normal because uh, this is all true and completely yep. accurate. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, Luke, uh, let's talk about next week. Yeah. What do we got on the deck for next week, my friend? So next week, we have 2008's The Great Buck Howard. Mm. Okay, Uh, a movie I have not seen, nor do I know anything about. Now, have you seen this? Nope. (laughs) I don't know a fucking thing about it, my dude. Yeah. So, uh, as is tradition... I think uh, I think we should talk about what we think the movie is about. Oh man, yeah, I can start us off. So I, yes. I'm thinking that this is going to con- this is this is Tom's sexy phase, sexy phase, folks, because we saw oh. him today. Mm-hmm. Luke, may I briefly interrupt you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one bit of the conspiracy corner I forgot. Oh, okay. Lest you believe that Charlie Wilson was not Tom Hanks. Tom is not ever shown actually having sex, and the mm-hmm. one time that it is implied that he did have sex with Julia Roberts, he is shown recovering in a bathtub. And we don't see it. <laughs> but Luke, I can guarantee you 
there's a fish in that tub. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we all just sort of took that at face value uh, coming from tub nipples. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old fish fucking Tom Hanks. Yeah. Uh, so Charlie Wilson, Scaly, Tom Hanks, Scaly. You know the drill, folks. Luke, sorry to interrupt. Back to you. <laughs> it's okay. It gave me plenty of time to stall for this bit of improv. Um, so I think, you know what? Along those same lines, let's bring the conspiracy corner back into it. I think this is Tom trying to throw us off the scent of the fact that he's a Scaly and Mossad agent and possible lizard person. Um mm-hmm. So this is his sexy phase when he's going to do a bunch of sexy movies and that Buck mm-hmm. Howard is named so because it is a limerick, which is there once was a man named Buck Howard who could really fuck for hours. Um, oh, and, the, <laughs> and that's exactly what we're going to see in this one is a man named Buck Howard who just goes to town on anything that's moving. Um, okay. Probably with some conflict, it's going to end up with his ultimate demise, I think, because of his. His uh, wild oats sowing, but um, yeah, that's my guess, is that this is going to be another sort of sweaty flick from our pal Tom. Okay. So do you think it's like a dehydration thing that takes him down, or is it just like (laughs) he he breaks his penis and bleeds out or something? I think both. I think it's just everything that could go catastrophically wrong with a lovemaking session uh, does in fact go wrong, and that's ultimately how he goes out. Uh, bring several buckets for this cleanup. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, ma'am. He died from exploded testicle syndrome. <laughs> but he died doing what he loved, which is proving that he can, in fact, have sex with a human woman. Uh, yeah, it's going to be one of Tom Hanks' better performances, I think. No scales in sight. Mm-mm. Well, you know, I think that's definitely an option. Um, mm mm-hmm. I see. I think. I think. Uh, I think you're incorrect. I think the Great Buck Howard is a movie, in which Tom Hanks plays world-renowned uh, magician Buck Howard. Okay. Uh, and he's sort of a Rafi type character, mm. just does children's music. But the sort of central conflict of the movie is he does these cutesy little. Uh, 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 children's songs but he's a mean nasty man uh, and, he, and he hates the music he makes and he just wants to do violent horrid death metal uh, mm. and that's all he wants and that's his dream but he he's known as the great Buck Howard and not as he mm. wants to be known death lord yeah so uh, it's it's him trying to get rid of Buck Howard and embrace Death Lord. <laughs> Excellent. So it's kind of like if Paw Patrol really wanted to be like a, a grunge band. Um. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, excellent. Uh, I think that, uh, you know what? One of us is going to be correct. I'm convinced of it. I kind of hope it's you. I would love to see that movie, especially with Tom Hanks at the helm. You know, I gotta tell you, there's a way in which these movies are the same movie. Mm, okay. And and it's just ch- world-renowned children's musician, the great Buck Howard, uh, is j- just fucks like a rabbit in, <laughs> yeah. his, in his quest to become Death Lord. Yeah. Yay. When we synthesize these, I think we've got an excellent pitch. So even if this isn't what the movie's about next week, I think we've got a really solid spec script on our hands. 
Yeah, and you know, maybe we should strip naked and get in a hot tub with Tom Hanks and pitch it to him. Ooh, yep, 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 yep. We're locked and loaded for that one, baby. Well, uh, we're going to do that, but folks, until then, uh, until next week, uh, why don't you check us out on uh, Facebook at Hanksy Panksy Podcast, or you can find us on Twitter at Hanksy Panksy, or Instagram at Hanksy Panksy Pod, or shoot us an email at hanksypanksypod at gmail.com. We would love to hear your thoughts about Tom Hanks and Agent of Atar, uh, Rudy Giuliani, and the black ichor that uh, pulses through his <laughs> his hardened <laughs> veins. Um, uh, and, uh, and, you know, any other ideas that you might have about Tom Hanks-related conspiracies. Um, also, drop us a review. Uh, you know, share us with a friend. We uh, clearly are not mentally, mentally, physically, uh, or really financially capable of uh, promoting this podcast uh, in any realistic way. So um, if you could just do that for us, that would really uh, be great. We're, we're just stupid. Um, and, uh, and I'd also like to give a shout-out to uh, Ryan Boyd for our incredible intro music that I love listening to every single time. Um, so, uh, you can find them at, uh, Ryan Droid, D-R-O-Y-D on Twitter. Luke, Mm -hmm. how about that final quote? All right. I got one. It's yelled by Tom Hanks at Philip Seymour Hoffman. And it is, that's a thick door. Fuck. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote it down. I wrote it down. It's so fucking good. It's so good. That's a thick Uh, door. Yeah, that's it. That's my final quote. Folks. Watch this movie. It's so good, and mm-hmm. it's short. It's not quite as short as another great film, Yes, oh God, Yes, God. which Fuck. you should check out after that. It's starring Natalia Dyer and oh. Timothy Simmons. It's an excellent movie. Not as great as Charlie Wilson's War. Jesus but maybe Christ. after you watch that one, check out Yes, God, Yes. You know, <laughs> you watch those back-to-back, and that's the length of, like, Avengers Endgame. And I gotta tell you, it's a better time. But, folks, uh, we'll be back next week with 2008's The Great Buck Howard. Thanks for listening. Vermisst. We're just going to back out of this one. So thanks for listening. Du nicht we'll catch bist. you next week. Du hast Bye, everybody. Freundin mir. Du hast Freundin mir. Hey, Junge.